Hey guys, welcome to the Tech People Podcast. My name is Ken Coyne. I'm your host and founder, as well as head of technology at Office Talent. I believe at the heart of any success story are the people who made it happen. Diversity, creativity, and innovation, when nurtured in people, can lead to an unbeatable formula. I created this podcast to share the experiences of some truly inspirational leaders on their journey to success. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to Tech People. This is your host, Ken Korn speaking. Today, we are discussing customer metrics and how can you tell the real story behind them. Different companies measure customer success using various metrics such as SLAs, CSAT, and NPS, and the list goes on depending on the company. But very often, it does not present a clear picture. So today, I'm delighted to be joined by Kevin French, Senior Director of Customer Support at Visible.com. Kevin shares his experience and the challenges he had with SLAs in that his team had missed SLAs, yet overall, his team were doing very well. How could he demonstrate to his management the success of the team when the focus for delivery was purely based on SLAs? So let's welcome Kevin to learn how he was able to change the way his company measured metrics. Hello, Kevin. Hey, Ken. How are you? Great, Kevin. I'm great to have you on board today. Looking Thanks forward for to learning from your experience. Okay, just to start, could you please maybe just give us a bit of background about who you are and your current role, please? Yeah, I've, I've been with Visibo here for for almost uh, nine months now, and uh, I've been in the in the uh, support space for a little over a decade, and I've uh, really really enjoyed my time uh, working with uh, with customers in various uh, SaaS and PaaS organizations, and working with teams and in building out to provide a better outcome for our customers. Awesome, yeah. I'm mean, looking forward to. Learning the experiences or doing the show for us to share your experience with like-minded people. So as we discussed today, the topic really is around customer metrics and different companies use different metrics. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can be difficult as it doesn't give a clear picture. Could you talk about, you know, a recent challenge that you had in terms of the SLAs and how it impacted the team? Yeah, SLAs are always a challenge. And really any metric by itself only tells a small part of the story. You really need to use any metric you have to dig down deeper and find out the root cause so that you can address it. Metrics are also just a really helpful tool to support your team, make sure that they're staffed well, make sure that they're supported well and functioning as they should. So I used to not enjoy metrics. I used to look at them as a tool of manipulation or pushing for more productivity. But I've actually found them to be quite useful in, again, just your team's overall health and your customer satisfaction and it actually does take care of all the other items around productivity and things in the background. So SLAs has been a topic that is always a challenge uh-huh. and, and how to address where the SLA, you know, why you're missing SLAs and, and what that means. And there's, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. SLAs usually means, you know, one of two things, either your, your team is not productive. And again, uh-huh. there's, there's other ways to measure that, or you have a staffing issue inside your team. You're not able to handle the work when it's due. And so, so one of the ways in which, you know, come around to working on this is uh, it took me a while. We, we had actually, this is out of former role where the light bulb sort of came on. We, we had a really great team. We had two teams, actually, two regions. And I, I managed one of the, the, the regions here, the Americas region. And our metrics were fantastic, except for SLAs. And we had two different regions where we 
you know, again, two, two leaders, two separate teams. And one team was performing really well in every area, except for SLAs. And the other team was just crushing their SLAs. And, and leadership at the time was driven to making sure we hire uniformly across all regions and all teams. And the more we did that, the, the worse the issue became for our team in the Americas as to why we kept missing SLAs, but everything else was fantastic. CSATs were high. So can I just ask one question just to clarify for the audience? Sure. When you say SLAs, are you talking about, you know, call time, missed calls, average handling time? Ah, so SLAs are actually your service level agreements of what you have in your contracts with your customers. They, They vary from organization to organization. We were using a first response time SLA where okay. we have a contract with our customers at their support level that they would buy into. And we had a certain amount of time in which to answer and address tickets that would right. come. Okay. No, thank you for that clarification. Yep. No, so it really, it was really confounding me as to how it is the team is performing so well. Morale was high, but how do I address this SLA issue? And it dawned on me, we were getting reports about hours of the day you know, from our ticketing system that we were missing right. SLAs and they were all within our region. And it it was a light bulb moment, really, as I chewed on that a little bit more, is like, well, that only, again, tells part of the story. We're only looking at misses and when, when we're not able to achieve. So it's got to be one of the two issues. It has to be either productivity or it has to be staffing. And I knew my, my team was not lacking in productivity. We were crushing all the other numbers. So, so I, I went back to our ops manager and I, I asked for two other reports. You know, give me a report of hours of the day where the work product, where the tickets are created, where the work product is coming in. Okay. Right? And then I asked for a second report. Give me an hour of the day of when the work product is due. So show me where the SLAs are actually going to be due to be solved. And then when you put that in relation to when they were being missed, everyone's eyes were opened. We saw that 70% of all the work the SLAs were due from the second half of the EMEA timeline to all the way through the end of the day, US East. And uh, what we were realizing that we were staffing uniformly across APAC and US West as well. And we realized that that we were we were lopsided. And so okay. we were able to go through and, um, and adjust staffing hours, but then also start hiring strategically to solve that. And it really transformed, it transformed our metrics, it transformed our, our CSATs, it brought us to a point where we started measuring for outcome. And so let me step up before I step back a little bit before I talk about the measuring for outcome. Okay, thank you. We soon realized that all of our, our SLAs were being met and uh, we were very, very low, about a half percent on average to it maybe spiking around 1% of our missed SLAs, but really, really rare to miss, miss many at all. And we started realizing that, that we, we had this balanced out, but then, then it dawned on me. It's like, again, so. We realized that the SLA showed that we had a staffing issue, which we corrected. Right. What else can we look at from SLAs to show staffing on the other side of on the success quadrant, right? On the outcomes quadrant. And, and let's just take for a, a hypothesis that our SLAs were 24 hours for each ticket for our customers. Well, I started running reports now, not on misses, but how much time was left on SLAs. How much time did we leave on the clock? How fast are we answering these tickets and grabbing them? So we were seeing that we were grabbing tickets within like four or six hours, and, okay. and which posed a different sort of problem. You know, are we overstaffed? Are we um, exceeding our contractual expectations in a way that is 
disadvantage, obviously an advantage to the customer, but a disadvantage mm-hmm. to, the, to the business. And so we actually changed our perspective and started looking at, at the outcome, right? We want to make sure we delight our customers and we want to make sure that we achieve our contractual SLAs. But on the other side, we want to make sure we're not overstaffed and you know getting to a point where productivity drops because there's too many people, right? So it presented some new challenges for us, which I which honestly was a delight to deal with for the first time in a long time. <laughs> but yeah, that's sort of where we ended up. And so we were able to then manage on the outcome side, you know, making sure yeah. still delighting customers, but taking care of the business going forward. Cool. And in terms of moving to that transition, I mean, was it difficult to go towards outcome? I mean, did you make any mistakes in that transition? Any lessons learned? I think the the transition isn't immediate, right? Unless you're okay. going to go ahead and start removing staff in areas you overstaffed, yes. right? The mistakes were made before we started analyzing this, the data this way. The mistakes were made in the way we were hiring before, but we we want to make sure we're not hurting the team. I mean, that was that was a leadership mistake. It was our mistake in how yeah. we were hiring, and um, you just can't go and I mean, you can, but you don't want to go and like terminate your team or half your team and hire in another region just for that that sole purpose, yeah. right? So. But through attrition and you know just over time things like that we were able to to right size the team it didn't okay. happen overnight but probably about six right. to eight months and okay. uh, and then yeah we were able to manage it from that point on past that it really was just watching the metrics and all the supporting metrics to that SLA to make sure that we stayed the course and we were we were behaving as we should so did you bring in additional metrics then as a result there's always additional metrics to bring in right? Yeah. Right there for solving SLAs, we're just really around time-based studies about like right. where work product comes in and goes out. There's always other SLAs to, I'm sorry, other metrics to to analyze the impact of SLAs. Like if you take a look at productivity, I, I spoke of is is just how do you set the expectation for productivity for your team? Is it time-based? I know a lot of support teams go off of time spent in tickets. Is it ticket closures? You know, versus you know, versus time. You know, number of closures per month. And so, when you set those criteria, you know, you're also able to make sure productivity stays where it needs to be. Okay. And that also buttresses SLAs nicely. And in dealing with the the management team, then and, and managing this transition, was that an easy process or was it difficult? Did you find? Yeah. Once we had the data to show, it okay. makes it a very easy discussion, right? It's uh, when you're sitting around tossing ideas out without any any way to validate your claims, that, that's the part where it makes it difficult to have those conversations. I've, I've found over the years that we, that I rely very heavily on metrics to advocate mm-hmm. for my team and advocate for our customers and, and in the regions and time zones where it's most needed. So yeah, it's, it was a very easy conversation after that point, Ken. Yeah, it's interesting. I was going back to data and then once you got good data in place and understand the data, it's what value you can get from that. In that experience, did you, uh, was there any value add for the customer in terms of analyzing that data and, and adding improvement, whether it's reduced number of tickets or any other value adds? So our CSATs definitely climbed high. There were, okay. you know, SLAs were one of the items that were some of the big bucket items that we had to deal with. There were other metrics that were out of whack initially when when I came to work there. But what we did see with that is we saw a dramatic increase in in, uh, in SLAs being met. And our a dramatic increase in our CSAT. We actually climbed from the time I started there. We were averaging about an eighty-four percent positive CSAT. And by the time we left the last eighteen months, we were averaging a ninety-seven and a half percent positive. <laughs> it was great. 
one of the things that really comes along with that is 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 really for the first time ever the sales teams start to pack those metrics in their sales books right when they go to uh, like meet with customers and the value to a prospect of what they get after the sale is as important if not more so than the product that they're looking at purchasing right so it was a great pleasure to be able to see that and be able to be on calls and talk about what we've done and how we've done it and uh, and really you know, bring a lot of confidence to the customers during the procurement process. Brilliant. Yeah, fantastic, Kevin. And in terms, you know, then in relation to the future and managing, maintaining, constantly, are you constantly reviewing that process? Yeah, for those specific metrics, you know, we, we have a pretty good handle on those. Um, okay. The way I break those down, though, is a little bit of, uh, is a little bit of like always a work in progress. We divide our reporting down. And one of the ways that we take a look at you know, we talk about productivity, and I'll, I'll touch on this a little bit because this really does deal a lot with, it does impact SLAs around productivity, is uh, when you look at like case closures, for example, or SLAs even, I tend to break my metrics down into three views. Number one, at the very top of all of our dashboards, they're global metrics. Like how is the entire, you know, global team doing as a, as a whole? I manage a global team. And at that role, I ended up being promoted to, to manage a global team. And so we look at that metric as a unit, as one piece. And then the next step down is our teams or regions, if you will, and break them down to see how they're comparing, you know, opposed to each other. And that brings a lot of good insight. So what is team A doing that team B isn't or vice versa? You know, you could also try yeah. new methodologies in one region or one set of teams versus the other and see how they go before you roll them out globally. And then... The third layer, if you will, is uh, really the individual view, is where I have all of our support engineers and all of their specific metrics of whatever I'm looking at, whether it be case closures or SLAs. And SLAs are important, right? Even yeah. for individuals, because an SLA can be missed while it's owned by an agent, not just when it's sitting in the queue. So it can be owned and there. So we watch for that as well with SLAs to say, hey, we see how many were unassigned, you know, when, when we yeah. had a miss of an SLA, but we also show how many are missed, you know, when they're assigned to, to Bob, right? You know, and so, so we're able to go take a look at that and see, it allows us to drill down to the organization globally by team, by individual to see where the successes are and where the opportunities are. So we can, we can, you know, share across both sides and, and bring, bring everyone up into a performance metric that brings about a good outcome for our customers. Brilliant, Gavin. In terms of software, um, is this kind of, do you feel this is general across all of the software applications or did you, did you feel you had to improve your software in terms of managing the tickets and the reporting also? No, like any of the major, you know, you know, software, you know, ticketing softwares, um, Salesforce, Zendesk, ServiceNow, any of those, uh, we'll have okay. all of these uh, metrics available. There may require some customization, but the support teams usually can help you get those metrics that you're looking for, right. you know, especially around that hour based you know, breakdown of when tickets come in and when the work products do, but they're readily accessible and uh, very, very helpful. Fantastic, Evan. Listen, thank you so much for giving me that insight today. I really appreciate your time. And I'm sure the audience will really appreciate it also. If anybody would like to reach out to you, what's the best way to contact you? Yeah, you can reach out to me at my business address. It's uh, kevin.f, like French, kevin.f at bizabo.com. That's uh, B-I-Z-Z-A-B-O.com. Happy to chat with anyone and, and collaborate and share some ideas. Fantastic, Kevin. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Ken.